just going to let you guys know my voice is a little squirrely tonight. Uh, blame it on, you know, maybe a mixture of uh, the, the elements yesterday. Uh, blame it on the Michigan game, you know, get a little, little hairy at times. Uh, blame it on, you know, whatever you want to do. I don't care. I, I feel... I feel fine. My voice is dead, but we're doing it. The show goes on just like uh, Leo in Wolf of Wall Street. You know what I mean? So that that's that's who I'm portraying tonight. I just need some lewds. Uh, so either way, we're going to get into this here, start talking about uh, what a hell of a week it was for football. And obviously now transfer portals starting to open up. You got the damn coaching carousel starting to roll. I mean, it's it's been quick moving, which I feel like in years past it hasn't been. It's taken a little bit longer, um, you know, longer to develop, you know, the, you, they would hire these, you know, firms to search for coaches for them. Now it's, it's been hitting quick and hot. Um, so Trevor, do you want to, you want to hit off on some of these uh, coaching carousels real quick? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, um, I'll give a few of them. So first off, obviously we have the Indiana coaching job, uh, coaching coach got fired, Oh, who else? Uh, we have Texas A&M's. Texas A&M has finally made a decision that they're going to go with Elko from from Duke. They have they've made it official. No details on the on the contract that they've discussed or that they agreed upon. I'm sure that'll come out within the next 24 to 48 hours on what his contract. I believe they have him. Nope, that he does, nah, doesn't say on this article on what his contract length or how much it is. I'm sure. Because it's Texas A&M, it will be an insane amount of money. Because they were boasting how, oh, we're ready to pay uh, XYZ coach uh, $30 million. I even heard some tech. I even talked to a few Texas A&M fans at church this morning. <laughs> they were talking about trying to go after Arbaugh. Like, I'm just like, come on, y'all. Like, y'all, y'all are thinking your program's on a level that it's not. But um, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, I think Elko would be a good fit for them. Uh, who else we got? Um, uh, oh, new newest rumor <laughs> as of just a couple hours ago that Indiana's board or whomever is uh, approving them to go after John Gruden as the new head coach of Indiana football. That's fantastic. I, I, I honestly thought that that was pretty funny. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Uh, let's see here. I believe. Oh, what's his name? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, Dan, uh, I know Houston. Yeah, Houston, yeah. Houston let go of their coach Dana Holgerson. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did. Uh, they. I, I don't think he had a buyout, but I could be wrong. Hell, he um, shouldn't. <laughs> I think it was a $15 million buyout. What, if I, was it? Yeah. And Tom Allen, which was the Indiana coach that got fired, also received – they did a settlement, which was also around the $15 million mark uh, for his buyout. It was supposed to be $20. Um, uh, the article doesn't specifically say uh, reasons. If he, he obviously wasn't fired for cause because he had a buyout and they paid it. Mm-hmm. So, and then um, let's see, transfer portal. Um, I think the biggest one that I saw was Max Johnson from Texas A&M has entered the transfer portal. Um, I think that's a pretty yeah. big piece of information. <clears throat> um, and I think that's pretty much all I got. Do you guys got anything else on the transfer portal or any of the coaches? 
Uh, Jeff Levy is the new head coach at Mississippi State. Thank you. I forgot about him. I apologize. <laughs> no, I think that's a good hire from Mississippi State. Uh, he runs a similar scheme to Mike Leach. Yeah, I think that's a good transition. At least a good transition period. I mean, I think that I think I saw the contract being what for five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for five five year deal. Um, so that's a good transition from Mike Leach's program to the next. And I had uh, seen a uh, and M was this when I woke up this morning. It was no longer Mark Stoops, obviously. They had Elkos, but I'd also seen uh, Jed Fish from Arizona name getting tossed around out there. But they I also don't want him t- to- they, they also tossed around Dabo Sweeney. I don't know if that was a joke or not, but they and did throw his name out there as well. <laughs> Texas A&M is where coaches go to die, so <laughs> it wouldn't shock me if Sweeney went there. It's just a graveyard for success. I mean, when, when I saw that, I was like, I honestly, I think at, at this point in his career, I don't feel like he would want to take on another rebuild like he took on with Clemson. Yeah. I've seen some rumors, too, swirling about A&M, about uh, Jimbo Fisher from some of the players that had said, and are not just players, but coaches, that said he became so obsessed with having the best recruiting class that he was resorting to like downright disgraceful tactics to get players to come to Texas A&M, and it just wasn't creating a good culture. And that's what ultimately led to the boosters and a lot of the alumni complaining so much about him. Well, you could see it on the field. You could yeah. see it. Like there was like the players are dejected. They they <clears> just <throat> weren't in it. I'm pretty like, sure it was a former player that tweeted it out. I'll I'll see if I can find the link and I'll send it to y'all. Yeah. Yeah, shoot it our way. Um, uh, another another coach uh, we got to mention him. Oregon State, obviously, yep. uh, they've had Jonathan Smith hired away from them by the, the old Spartans. Man, I think that's a good hire from them. He he's done a good job uh, building up Oregon State. You know, he obviously is using the portal. Uh, he's he seems to be recruiting well. I know uh, some of the Oregon State players are you know kind of they feel like they've been taken by surprise, which I, I don't know how. They were, but, um, I mean, his name's kind of been in it since, the, you know, about midway through this process. Um, but I, I think it's a good hire for Michigan State. Uh, Oregon State is in limbo right now, obviously, with realignment. They've got the uh, the, the name, the rights to the Pac-2 for the next, you know, couple of years. They've got a uh, scheduling agreement with the uh, Mountain West. So, I, Trevor mentioned it's kind of a, a lateral move, and I agree in short term. Uh, Long term, maybe not, just because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with them yet. But short term, to me, Oregon State's a much more attractive area. You've already got a team built. And then not only that, with the 12-team playoff and the group of five teams getting an auto bid, you could easily run that Mountain West Conference and get an auto bid into the playoffs, you know, Maybe every year. I mean, I, there's other good group of five teams, no doubt. But yeah, to me, it just seems like an easy way to get in. But, I mean, what the hell do I know? Um, <laughs> D- yeah, like we said, Dana Holgerson, I, you know, he's, I think his coaching career is over, you know, as a head coach. Unless he gets some sort of, you know, Saban miracle. I don't know. Uh, Tom Allen, he's going to move on. Uh, the Mark Stoops saga was interesting because last night everybody swore that he was going to Texas A&M, but we saw a similar, you know, coup, if you will, 
from the Tam, the, the Texas A&M uh, fan base, kind of like what we saw when Tennessee hired Shiano for like a day and then it, you know, went away. So I still don't understand the coup. I mean, it's Mark Stoops. I mean, he's been successful. I, I don't understand. Like compared to what you you're coming from, like any coach that does it the right way should be welcomed. I feel like. Yeah, I, I hear you. And uh, I think for Mark Stoops, it's the East has kind of been weak. They've had, you know, outside of Georgia, they've had multiple opportunities to do something and they usually don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now in a 12-team playoff, I think he could probably get Texas A&M into that last last spot. I just don't think he's that flashy hire. Uh, what Elko did at Duke in the short period of time, I think that's more you know their style. They wanted either something really big or somebody that they're familiar with. And you know Elko obviously coached at Texas A&M before as a coordinator. Uh, so I I don't know. I I, I kind of see it, but at the same time. I mean, Stoops is still a fine coach. There's, there's nothing wrong with him, and he, he he's good at development. Uh, so I, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens there. But they it was a, like the twelfth hour, you know, midnight. They're like, oh wait, something's happening. Here we go. Oh, it's done. Nope, nope, it's not done. Never mind. <laughs> so yeah, people woke up this morning. You know, they went to bed in shambles. They woke up this morning like, oh wait, what happened? Uh, so yeah, that coaching carousel is moving. It's going quick. Uh, some of these, these, you know, matchups seem all right. I think like Blake said, the Mississippi state, uh, you know, pairing should, should work all right for them, uh, compared to what the hell happened this season. Uh, but moving forward, obviously we're probably going to have a lot more openings. We're going to have people getting, you know, surprise hires and who knows with, with all this realignment, anything could happen. Uh, boys, anything else on that before we move on? All right, let's get into the uh, top 25 real quick. Uh, movers and losers, really nobody moved that much when you look at the top 25. Obviously, it's AP. doesn't matter anymore, but it's still something to talk about. Uh, losers, though, on the other end, you've got Ohio State dropped uh, six spots, Louisville as well, and then so did Oregon State. I mean, obviously, they're losers because they lost a week, but they, and they're going to drop the most. But really, no, no huge ones that I can see. Uh, maybe somebody dropped out of the top 25 that I'm just not seeing it. But either way, the, the top 25 is what it is at this point. The bottom half shuffle, you know, it's it's you know it's all sloppy second leftovers anyway. So uh, it's really at this point the top 15, top 20 that matter. Uh, in which that you know we're going to go ahead and get into these games. You know, go ahead and talk about some of these big ones. <clears throat> in uh, Friday night. That was the first two of the, you know, this series of rivalry week. Again, it's hard to say. I have to really think about it. Um, but UTSA and Tulane, I don't know if they're actual rivals. I don't think so. But it was, it was you know, a cool matchup. I was really shocked at uh, UTSA, you know, not staying closer and, you know, being ran all over Tulane, uh, tore them up on the ground. Uh, you know, Tulane, they've obviously, they're in the hunt for the bowl game, the New Year's Six game. Uh, so they they had everything to play for, and they looked good doing it. On the other end, Oregon State and Oregon. Oregon State had no chance, zero, zilch. It was they were cooked. They from left the no doubt. Oregon <laughs> left no doubt. They, the turkey was in the oven for too long. Let's just say that. <laughs> Blake, what you got? Well, regarding UTSA. 
I was just disappointed in the receivers for UTSA. They dropped so many passes that should have been caught easily catchable balls. And uh, it just could never get a, a good drive going. And then just that two-lane defense, they stood up and rose to the occasion, and they left no doubt on their end. And then Oregon State, I think they had probably got wind of the coach leaving, and they just didn't look right on the field, and they just put a sloppy performance together. And you could just tell there didn't seem to be any passion in that game out of the Beavs. Yeah, that that's the thing that always gets me is, you know, at least wait till after the season to announce that you're leaving, and because you can tell in a team, you can just tell the the wind is gone, uh, the coach acts different. You know, they say things and you know trying to oh no, I'm not leaving. That built this program. No, no, we we know what you're doing. Just like Mark Stoops last night, you know, he was twiddling his thumbs at his conference and like. You know, moving his fingers around, looking nervous, you know. Like, he's like, oh, I love the state. I love the team. I love, you know. We, yeah, you, we, they got to say that. But you can just tell. You can see, you know, all right, this guy's just not he, – he's not there right now. And then right. he has to recycle and be like, oh, you know, I decided at midnight that it was not my time to leave this great state of Kentucky. <laughs> let's, so. let's not pretend. I will put, I, I would almost bet money that within the next week or so that all of a sudden news comes out that Mark Stoops has a restructured new contract with Kentucky that I'm yep. sure was con- he was contacted as soon as this news came out that, hey, we will work your con- rework your contract for more money because let's be honest, while Texas A&M is – popularly known for their money Kentucky is quietly known for their money because of the basketball program and what they do it's just it's it, that school has money you just don't ever really hear about it um, and I think it, Mark Stupid so, there will be news coming out I would almost guarantee it that he's getting a new contract with Kentucky yeah most of the time when these these players or these teams uh Coaches show up, they're like, oh, this guy's, you know, emerged as a leader. It's their agents that are throwing some, you know, BS out. And they're contract inbound. Watch out. Um, so, yeah, we're we're going to, you know, get on from these two games. Like, Oregon's obviously Oregon. We know what they're doing. They can run. They can pass. Bo Nix has played excellent. They've got a good defense. I think they've actually opened up as a nine-point favorite over Washington for next week's game. So watch out for that line to move. Um, big slate, the main slate. Let's just go ahead and get Michigan-Ohio State out of the way. The game, uh, you know, noon slate, Michigan was a three-point favorite. But they came out, they played really well on defense. They set up their, you know, what their game plan was, and they played it the whole time. And you've kind of noticed it the last couple of weeks. They did the same thing against Maryland and the same thing against Penn State. Even when they knew that Penn State wasn't going to throw it, they were sitting back with two safeties. They were sitting with a four-man line. They knew Alar wasn't going to beat them. I, when you when I go back, I look at you know I'm go blog. Obviously, uh, they've got a lot of really good film on there. A lot of good breakdowns. Uh, former players, you know, breakdown film. And I went back and I looked at it and I watched you know the videos and I'm listening to these guys. You know, former players talk about it. 
you can see that they've been doing this for the last three, four weeks of not even playing to the team that they were playing. They're practicing, practicing for Ohio State. So their defense was set on bracketing Marvin Harrison at times and then shifting into a couple of man zone, you know, man sets to to try and get some pressure. Now Marvin Harrison got his, you know, he he made some really good catches, but he didn't have the big explosives where it was, you know, blowing downfield, you know, for 50 yards, uh, you know, 60 yards for touchdowns. Uh so they did what they needed to do. They they shut down the run game outside of that one drive, I think it was in the third quarter. And you know, Michigan offensively did everything that they needed to do to keep the sticks moving, stay ahead of schedule, and win the time of possession battle. Uh, so, you know, good game for Michigan, obviously, without Jim Harbaugh. They lost an offensive tackle. They lost their starting cornerback. So, to me, I, I give them a lot of props for overcoming the adversity, not just over the last couple of weeks, but in-game, too, because that's not easy. Well, um, as far as Michigan goes, they played a flawless game as far as I was concerned, considering their opponent. Um, J.J. McCarthy did exactly what he needed to do by not turning the ball over, even though he tried by throwing the ball across his body backwards, against, you know, <laughs> back across his body. Like, that was the most – that made me – like, my heart skip a beat. But um, as far as Marvin Harrison Jr. goes – I know on the stat line, it looks like he got his. In my opinion, I watched that entire game from start to finish. He was not as big a factor as that stat line would suggest. He scored a touchdown, yes, but that was on a crossing pattern that they had to put him in motion just to get him open, and it was within the 20-yard line um, to the end zone. It was not a deep ball. He... Uh, it, Will Johnson did a phenomenal job with him, all things considered, because it was him on an island all game long uh, for the most part until he got hurt. So when I look at the game as in an entirety, yes, Marvin Harrison had a really good game, 100%. No doubt about it, not going to take it away from him. But I still think he was held in check. He, he did not hurt Michigan as much as I thought that he might because I still think – and the announcers said it, even though I feel like I, that's a whole different conversation about the announcers. Joel Klatt, you're in my, you're in my shit box, dude. Like, dude, seriously, that dude was loving on some Ryan Day, loving on him some Ohio State. Like, I he annoyed the crap out of me that call. But I think the biggest story is how mediocre. Ohio State's offense in general played. I feel like that McCord played mediocre. I think Trayvon Henderson, even though he got his in the second half, was irrelevant in the first half, which is surprising to me because he's everybody's been, oh, Trayvon Henderson is the man. He's the, probably the best running back in the Big Ten, blah, blah, blah. Not the case. Michigan's defense did a phenomenal job, I think, all across the board. And like I said, J.J. McCarthy played mistake-free football. McCord did not. In the end, I feel like that's pretty much where where it ends. Uh, and I think this Michigan showed that they can <clears throat> run it on just about any defense. Uh, because most people, if you talk to most people, they would consider before Michigan's game Ohio State's defense to be elite. Um, and – I didn't really see that personally, but um, 
I think they're probably on the level as Penn State, maybe. Maybe slightly better athletes, but all in all, their defense is still the same defense from last year as far as I was concerned. I was concerned. The only difference between last year and this year, they made a mention of it on the broadcast, is that they were keeping one high safety so they didn't get beat. Mm-hmm. And that was the only biggest difference to last year's de- the way they ran the defense last year to this year. Other than that, it was pretty much uh, the same thing. Not much different. They did stop to run a little bit better, though, this year. I can't really add much to that. Pretty much what I said on the last show that Michigan had to do to win, they did. They controlled the line of scrimmage. They was consistent. Ohio State could never get any, any type of consistency going, especially in that first half. Michigan just had it, had their number on the defensive side of the ball. You know, uh, there really ain't nothing else to add to what y'all already said. So, Yeah, uh, I'll say for McCord, he got better as the game went on. He still had some misses, but early on it seemed like he was out of his realm. Uh, you know, he dialed that pass into Marvin Harrison on, a, on the initial slant route from, you know, their own uh, goal line area, and it got picked off by Will Johnson, who's a very good cornerback. Uh, some you know, PFF grades, everything show he's one of the best in the country. Uh, according to you know him and, and last year, he got banged up last week. Uh, but he also ended up leaving in the third. So I still I give props to the defensive coordinator being able to shift it around, and especially when Ohio State had the ball with the you know fifty seconds left. I was I was worried, man. I was like, this is going to be one of those games. They're somehow going to score with like one second left and win the game. But then Michigan still just kept blitzing four and got pressure and was able to knock McCord out uh, on that last pick to to Rodmore. So, uh, I mean, in reality, Ohio State, Michigan should probably be number one, and Ohio State should still probably be number two. I mean, if you really break it down, Ohio State is probably the greatest team outside of Michigan in history. And it was played outside in what probably thirty five degrees, thirty five degrees. I think it was third. I think it was in the forties though. For, see, dude, it was a heat wave. Freeze. It was a heat wave. Thirty with wind chill in the twenties. Oh yeah. So it's like playing in the Arctic Circle. You know, I give full props to uh, Michigan, and you know there shouldn't even be rankings after one and two. It should just be Michigan, Ohio State. And just leave it at that because no other school in the college football realm plays in weather like the Big Ten, and no other school at all plays a tough schedule like the Big Ten. So I would just give the national championship a split right now today between Michigan and Ohio State. It's the only thing that makes logical sense to do. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, (laughs) back to our schedule programming. Hashtag back to what we're talking about. Real quick, I wanted. I'm just going to dive into this because it's it's the Michigan talk. So I want to I want to know. Let everybody know, Blake, how you can put Michigan at four after beating the number two team in the country. I would love to hear this rationale. I mean, just because you beat the number two team in the country, don't mean you are the number two team in the country. You know, just, so you truly believe that Florida State, if they played today in a neutral field, would whoop the would beat Michigan? 
I don't believe they would beat them. I believe they could beat them. And I said that in my in our thing earlier. I said three and four could be interchangeable. But based on, I feel like Florida State's wins over LSU, Clemson, Duke. Uh, I can't remember the other one. I just that feel was like it. they're that was literally because I, like I knew you were going to bring that up, and I looked at that whole rock, that whole thing. It is Duke, Clemson, and LSU. And Clemson ain't nothing. Duke is less than nothing. As far as being, I, they aren't even a top. They neither one of them when they played were in the top ten. Outside of LSU, they only have one top ten win. That's it. No, I agree with that. I'm just saying the rest of the schedule. I'm not just looking at the teams that are ranked. I feel like Michigan just played daycares and their only two quality wins were Penn State and Ohio State. And I really Top don't view wins. I don't view Penn State and Ohio State as that good of teams because I don't feel like those teams really beat anybody of value either. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just saying I feel like total schedule overall, I feel like Florida State had played better programs and then Obviously, going on the road to Florida with a second and third string quarterback, I just feel like having them at three over Michigan. I'm just going to share some of the metrics, you know, for for purposes. Strength of schedule currently, Ohio State has six, Texas is 13th, Penn State 27, Missouri 29th, Alabama 31st, Michigan's 36th, Washington 46th, Florida State 56th, Georgia 59th, and Oregon 62nd in strength of schedule. For strength of record, Michigan is number one, Washington two, Florida State three, Georgia four, OSU five, Texas six, Bama seven, Oregon nine, Missouri 10, Penn State 11. Those are just metrics on it. I get, you know, the perception of it. Oh, it's Rutgers. It's, you know, uh, you know, Indiana, it's, you know, uh, Maryland, but it, it's My a perception are... thing. You know, it's, yeah. well, these teams suck, but Florida, oh man, they just beat Florida. Oh shit. They beat Tennessee. Wow. Uh, My, My thing is, is if you put Duke into the big 10, their record would not be what it is. They are not as good as advertised because of ACC play. ACC play is actually, <clears throat> in my opinion, weaker than Big Ten this year. Because I don't think half of those teams in the ACC would even have a winning record that do that if they were put into the Big Ten. So that's where my metric is, is that I consider Big Ten and SEC apart from everyone else. They have separated themselves as far as the talent level, top to bottom. That's where that's the way I look at it. And it's not me being fandom as far as Michigan goes. Like if you're a three and you beat a two in the country, I believe you deserve to at least jump to two. You don't deserve to be hopped by two other teams that played in, let's be honest, less com- lesser lesser competition this week. So yeah. that's just where my thought process is. I mean, I put them back into the top four. I still just think Florida State's a better team. Oh, man. Okay. Now, I'll, I'll agree with maybe Washington being over Michigan. The I would still nope. maybe even put Washington still at number one based on their resume. Georgia, they've looked, they've got the eye test, you know. But strength of schedule is similar. 
you know, uh, to Michigan's, I'd, I'd say Michigan's still got a better strength of schedule than Georgia does when it, when it boils down, but uh, Florida state. Yeah. I, I still, you know, I've got them at four. I don't think they deserve to be out because they lost their quarterback. Right. Um, I, I until don't think they that's lose. fair. If you're yeah. undefeated until you lose, you don't deserve <clears throat> to be out of the top four. Right. Yeah. And I got I, Michigan. I a lot of people saying that. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to talk later guys on, um, playoff, uh, you know, implications Sorry. and all this stuff. No, I jumped no, no, the gun. You, I couldn't help no. myself. I hey, wanted to you, know. You I wanted good, to know the maybe. answer. It's been bugging me ever since he said it. You are good. I mean, there. we've said it all year. Really, the top five, six, seven, eight could be interchangeable. Uh, you know, obviously, one-loss teams are not going to be ahead of, you know, teams that are undefeated. It's just not going to happen uh, unless they're playing, like, four FCS schools, like, whatever. Um, either way, we're, we're going to talk about some playoff uh, details here in a little while. Uh, let's go on and, and drive through some of these games. Uh, first off, we're going to talk uh, Florida State, Florida. Florida State, obviously, you know, down their, their Heisman candidate quarterback. He's injured. Uh, I, I thought old Ron Maker did all right, you know, considering uh, tough environment. Uh, they were down early. They found a way to come back. Uh, Florida again, just stupid. They're they're like playing just dirty. They're you know they uh, Ron Maker took a really nasty hit. I don't know how he came back in the game, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but you know Florida State they found a way to win twenty four to fifteen. Really not much else to say about it. Uh, Florida State just has to find a way to beat Louisville, and they're in, in my opinion. Um, going on Kentucky Louisville. And guys, if you want to chime in, chime in, you know, in a little bit, whatever, I'll, I'll just get, get through some of these. Uh, Kentucky Louisville was just a slop fest. A lot of turnovers. Uh, Kentucky did what they needed to do um, on the ground. Yeah. It, it was, it was a mess. Um, you know, Ray Davis, he had some good runs. They had a really nice kick return. It's just turnovers, you know, again, turnovers killed Louisville. And, uh, but you got to give props to Kentucky. And we might talk about them here in a little while. Uh, Texas A&M, LSU, not much to say there. Texas A&M, they got, they got off to a good start. You know, third-string quarterback was putting up yardage on, on LSU. No shock there. Their defense has not stopped anybody uh, all year. Um, but towards the end, Jane Daniels, he did what he does, and he propelled them to a victory. Without him, their four or five lost team, Maybe more. Maybe I, I. I mean, I don't. I don't really know. I looked at their schedule. I think they probably could have lost five, uh, outside of you know if they didn't have him. Uh, the way so they the out. way they the way they played, it's hard to tell. Jordan Travis propelled them a long way, probably way long. They're not a more talented team than anybody in the top six. They just had a better quarterback at the time, but now they don't have that. Yeah, Daniels is very good. I, I, I bet he'll probably win the Heisman. I think it's going to be between him and, and Knicks. Knicks will have that extra data point. Oh yeah. <clears throat> um, but I mean, just how it's valuable he is to his lose. team. I, I don't know. That's an interesting, you know, one to talk about. And uh, obviously, that's going to get decided here pretty soon too. Uh, but LSU being out of the, the conference championship game hurts them. 
but they found a way to win. Again, that's that's what Jaden Daniels does for his team. Mm-hmm. UNC, NC State, North Carolina, they're they're pretenders. We've been saying it all year. Outside of that one week where they got to the top, we're like, hold on, maybe, maybe. The one week, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Take a flyer on these horrible Tar Heels, but nope. And then they blew it. They blew it. I don't even know what a Tar Heel is, but I'll You're tell you what. Swinging the Wolfpack ate them up. The Wolfpack <laughs> that game was ate them bad up. quick. <laughs> yeah, it did. Hey, NC State, I haven't given them enough props. I think they've done a really good year. Uh, they recovered well. They started out yeah. pretty slow. They recovered well, though. Absolutely agree. Uh, another one we're just going to uh, pound through here is uh, Jacksonville State and uh, New Mexico State. When we looked at you know the stats prior to the game and everything, we were like, "Shoot, man, this is a lot." You know, New Mexico State's got this for sure. You know, they had like four turnovers. You know, they 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 kept Jacksonville State in it, and they they somehow won twenty to seventeen. It was a lot closer than the experts predicted, and by experts I mean us. Uh, because we are experts, even though we have haters. And we, we've got a lot of them right now, boys. I'll tell you what, that Facebook was a little hot today. Yeah, I actually uh, I sat my temperature, temperature down. Temperature. <laughs> I sat that, my say temperature. Say that one more time. Don't say that again. <laughs> I lowered our thermostat down to 68 just to help me start becoming – more of a man because apparently if you live south of the Michigan state line, you don't, <laughs> you're not a man. If you don't know how to function below 77 degrees, apparently in Alabama, it's beach weather year round. Oh my God. Hashtag salt life. Salt life. Yeah, baby. Like I said, that's why we pulled up all of our floors and poured sand throughout the house just to add to that. <laughs> To help us acclimate to that really nice weather we just have year-round down here. (laughs) Big Ten players don't even sweat. That's the rumor I heard. I mean, you know, Uh, maybe maybe, uh, we need to investigate it. But obviously, there's a little salt. Stallions probably already saw it. I knew it was coming. I knew he was in that. He was in that Poseidon playing every. (laughs) Hold on, my voice is fucking. Hold on one second. Connor uh, Stallions is probably to give out on him right there. Yeah, he's probably down down here down south uh, at local news stations spying on the weather reports. Yeah, the weather signs gate. have been stolen. So the meme, uh, you know, that came out of the Michigan game was Michigan had what looked like a passenger plane during yep. the flyover. Southwest gonna like, land at midfield and unboard. Yeah, everybody's like, what in the world? You know, that's like the lamest thing ever. And, yes, it, it looks lame. But it was a naval uh, Poseidon recon plane. And, of course, t- Instagram, Twitter, in- the Internet's fast. They're like, mm-hmm. Connor Stallions is on there already committing recon. <laughs> you know, he's signaling down. So, yeah, Ohio State, you might want to start investigating. Get another private investigative firm out there. Oh, uh, Ryan God. Day, get your brother airborne, buddy. Go, you know, get his ass up in the air, see what they do. <sighs> Um, By the way, like forty chess. <laughs> Ryan Day, God dang, he's a coward. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't I like remember he did a press conference like a couple days before the game, and he's just like, "I've got to keep my cool and all that stuff." Like first quarter, he's like losing it with the refs. Like he's just screaming at them. <laughs> like you are such a bitch. <laughs> like seriously. Well, uh, first sorry. he threatens sorry, uh, completely. 
off topic, but yeah. Wow, look what you've done. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> who was it that he threatened? Oh, my gosh. A couple weeks ago when he beat Notre uh, Dame. The old dude with the lisp. Come on, Blake, help me out. Oh, uh, Lou Holtz. Lou, Lou Holtz. Holtz. Oh, Lord, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. In all yeah, respect went, to Lou went, Holtz. You went right? hard in the pain against Lou. Good old He's Lou. Like, where is he? Where is he? <laughs> oh, Lord. Poor Lou, he, man. Poor Lou. He's the shit. He is. He's but, a, he's the best. He is seriously the best. I love I love watching him yeah. call. Well, speaking of absolute shit, I'd like to talk about Auburn for a second. All right. <laughs> and so, just like I said before on the last episode, that I was extremely nervous about this game, reasonably so, because when Auburn has nothing else to play for. It's always, you know, their the epitome of their season is to ruin Alabama's season. And, you know, they watch Bama games more than when they watch their own games. They know more Bama players than they know players on their own roster. I don't know why. It's just like that little brother obsession. Y'all deal with it with Sparty or whatever. You know, it's the same, same scenario except uh, Auburn's just slightly more retarded. That's about the only difference between them and Sparty. But anyways, as far as the actual game goes – yeah, Bama couldn't stop that run. <laughs> what? <laughs> I got way too close to the mic, and I said debatable, but it's... Uh... <laughs> it's not like you were trying to suck on your freaking microphone. Yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know like, you got turned on for oh a minute God. or what. Like, I was confused, I man. just want to no. let you know, I'm not editing that out, any of this no, out, I, by the way. I actually Leave understand. I, I really do apologize. I thought I was... Gonna... I said debatable. <laughs> debatable. <laughs> Dear God. Putting stuff in the water. <laughs> oh, Alex Jones over here. <laughs> They're turning the Auburn fans gay. They got sinkers right. in the water. But anyways, we got the Milrow miracle in the fourth quarter. I I lost my absolute mind. I I was already losing my mind because of the mistakes we were making throughout the game, giving up over 200 yards to to Auburn of all teams. But yeah, we, we had no answer for it. We never put a spy on their quarterback. He was just scrambling on us at will. Could not get a stop. And then on offense, just could not sustain drives at all. Getting dropped balls on and Milrow was fairly accurate, to be honest. You know, quite shockingly. He had very he had some very critical mistakes you know, throwing the ball across the line of scrimmage or after he crossed the line of scrimmage at very crucial moments in the game where we did not need that. And then the snap at the in the fourth quarter that rolled back to the 30-yard line. I mean, dear God, I had walked outside. You know, I was ready to end it all. I mean, it was, it was rough. I was going to quit the podcast. I, dude, I can't live. I cannot do this this year losing to Auburn. I can't do it. I couldn't do it. And uh, God is an Alabama fan, evidently, because, you know, miracles happen in Jordan here. Oh, no, what do they call it? Jordan. 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 And see, that's how I know they're retarded. You know, they were probably like, what do y'all want to name the stadium, Auburn fans? Jordan. <laughs> so that's probably where that come from. Jordan. No. 
No and, uh, shit. Yep. So, but yeah, we <laughs> Alabama got that Jordan Hare miracle, and it worked out in our favor. And I'm so happy it did because I got to see all those tears rolling, and that was my favorite part of the game. Now, let me ask you something, Blake. I want I want to get your honest opinion about this because I mean, as a Bama fan, attempt to be non-biased. Okay. Now, as you see them play this game. Right. Do you give Alabama a hit in the rankings because of how badly they played against a very bad Auburn team? I kind of did give them a hit in the rankings. I put Texas back in front of them. Well, Texas and, should be in front of them because they beat them. Eh, that is what I would consider debatable. Now, yeah, but going into the playoffs, I would put Bama over Texas. If we beat Georgia, if you beat Georgia, you're you're flying up the rankings. Yeah. You might even find yourself in the top four after. That. I mean, if the season ended today, because no, I wouldn't put Bama over to Texas. See Alabama and Georgia play. I want to see Alabama rematch Texas. Like what I What's would that? love to happen is I would love Bama to beat Georgia. I would love Oregon to beat Washington. I would love Louisville to beat Florida State. And I think truly that Bama would jump Oregon based off of resume if we went out and Oregon wins out and Florida State wins out. I think Bama would get in over Oregon. I think Texas would get in over Oregon based off resume. So I just want to see some way that Bama could rematch Texas. So let me see one one thing on the, the Bama game. Uh, obviously, it was all awesome to watch. You know, uh, great ending. Milrow, you know, pulled pulled one out there. You know, he was only sixteen of twenty four. He still had two fifty nine passing. Uh, you know, and, and then his ground game with a spy, he still found a hundred yards. Um, but Bama gave up a lot on the ground. Uh, it's really surprising. Obviously, we knew Peyton Thorne wasn't going to pass it. We know who he is from Michigan State, but uh, giving up two forty four, you know, that's just surprised me, you know, even with the team being one dimensional. Uh, well, just but, real quick, my yeah. honest opinion on that. I know Saban would deny it, but I really feel we spent two weeks prepping for Georgia. And I really believe this was a get in, get out, pray to God we can squeak out of there kind of game. I feel like we overlooked Auburn. You know, we, we always are going to get their best shot. We don't play well in their stadium historically. Saban struggles there. He's four and seven. Well, five and seven or five and yeah, he's five and seven there now. But he struggled there as a head coach going back to his days at LSU. So I always get nervous playing in their house. Yeah, but uh, that's that's my explanation for that. I, I think we overlooked them. We we looked awful compared to what we have been putting together the past five weeks since Tennessee did yeah. not look like the same team. No, that's fair. And it, it's easy to, you know, to say that when you got Georgia already on the docket, you know, yeah, you know, they're coming up. It's I think the same for Michigan and, you know, Maryland that last week, even though I, th- I do think JJ was a little more hurt than he was this week. You, it's easy to, Hey, we have enough to beat this team without really even trying so we're just going to put enough in, but really start working on the next big one. You know, that's where the money's going to be made. 
So I, I can definitely see that. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, playoff predictions. We'll talk about that in a minute. We still got to talk about Washington Wazoo real quick. Um, another back-and-forth game. This is one where Washington State finally got – they got Cam Ward going again, you know, kind of like what we saw early on the season. But still just no help on the run game. Uh, and I, I just – I feel bad for Cam Ward because I think he's a damn good player. I know we all do. But, man, uh, just very tight. So that's Washington. They just – they live and die by that that pass to Aduze, you know, and, and – and, uh, Wow. Penix, uh, you know, very, very lethal combination. It's beat Oregon, who we all think is a better team. But, I mean, it beat them, and, and they find a way to win. So, could this be another game? They're like, all right, hey, we're prepping for Oregon. We're getting ready. You know, it's an in-state rivalry, but we should beat Oregon State. They, uh, Excuse me, Washington State. They've had a really rough back half of the season. Probably the same thing. All these games this week were close. It's just it's just how it is. <clears throat> live, you know, live to die another day. <laughs> well, that's why like, I say rivalry week. It you know this <clears> one <throat> as expected for rivalry games. I keep seeing a lot of people talking shit on like Georgia and Florida State and whatnot, but it's it just shows across the board. That's how this kind of game usually pans out because it's fueled by hate. It's not fueled by. Oh well, that's my three and nine opponent. Like in reality, if it was any other team, Washington dog walks Washington State. But it's not any other team. That's their hated rivalry, and that's the results you get. Same with Michigan, Ohio State. I'm sure there have been plenty of years where one of those teams are not a quality team, and it's still a close game or even an upset. Because I've seen it many a times in my lifetime, Alabama and Auburn, where one of the teams is far between better than the other and the underdog wins the game. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just part of rivalry week. I just, I, honestly, this game just shows that even though I'm very high on Penix as a Heisman candidate, I am not necessarily as high as I want to be with Washington as a whole. Um, and I think the only reason that they did did as well as they did is because Washington State just doesn't have the defense to kind of hang with a team like that and the offense like that. Um, I just don't think the Pac-12 in general, outside of Oregon, has any de- any defense can handle. There's no defense in the Pac-12 outside of Oregon that can handle Washington. I do think ar- across the country, though, when you talk about as a whole. I don't think Washington has the best offense-defense combination uh, when you talk about the top four. I just – I don't think – I don't think it matters who they would face. I think that they would have problems, a lot of problems. Yeah, I, and it's possible. It's hard to tell, you know, obviously, because everybody's in conference. It's, it's tough. Uh, Out-of-conference games, you kind of get, you know, early on you get you know, an idea – um, but you know, in the meat of the schedule, it looks, you know, like the PAC 12 is the deepest, uh, just because of quarterback play. And I'd, I'd say that for the big 10 in the sec, I think the depth of those conferences are hurt because of poor quarterback play. When you look at, you know, the, the sec, they usually have good quarterbacks in the mid range, 
you know, the, the Mississippi States, Auburn. Uh, but I, they, they don't have that this year. Big Ten, they don't have that, you know. So it, it's who is your quarterback? And the teams with the good quarterbacks are going to win games. That's why Mizzou did so damn good this year. Brady Cook's a good quarterback. Uh, Louisville made it out because Plummer's serviceable enough, you know, in the ACC. Uh, you know, Clemson lost some games because Club Nick made some mistakes. It's just one of those things. You, you When you look at the Pac-12, you got Penix. You've got, you know, Knicks, obviously. Um, you know, Cam Ward won some games early, but then uh, DJU, he won them some games. They've got more quarterbacks out there right now. Uh, so it, it's just – it's going to be interesting to see when we get into bowl season how these conferences fare out. Because uh, it, it is, you know, like, are they going to really be able to go toe-to-toe with – with the Big Ten, uh, the best of the Big Ten and the best of the SEC, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they have the ability have to go four quarters. Do I don't know yeah. if they have the defense. One right. of the things that kills me though is that they will match up a team like USC against Tennessee, right? And then if that turns into a oh, we beat the SEC, and it's like, dude, you beat the FCS of the SEC. It's like they never match up the teams like USC and Missouri. That would be a good game. That, you know, it's always like they'll get Florida, but it's the seven and five Florida. It's the shit state of the conference. Right. It's like Brendan was talking about earlier. You hear these names, Rutgers, Indiana, whatever, and you just associate them with being bad. Same way with Florida, how you associate them with being good when in reality they're, what, five and seven this year, so they're not going to a ball game. But I'm just using them as an example. There's been times where they're like seven and five or six and six or whatever. And they're like, oh, well, we beat LSU. And it's like, yeah, bro, you beat them like with hangover. Yeah. And that's the one thing I, I really wish the, the bowl, the way they picked bowls were different. I, I just wish it went down the rankings, you know, instead of like conference tie ins and, yeah. like, hey, final rankings. You know, you get these people in the in the playoff, and then after that, it's 13-14 play, 15-16 play. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe there's another I way really to do it. I really hope next but... year that is, there is some sort of provision when they switch to this uh, 12-team playoff that, like, you just keep on going down and just throw people in the bowls that are, you know, next to the ring. I doubt it. It's probably probably not going to happen, but I agree, with, I agree with that. I think it should happen that way. Yeah, I just – I don't want to see a 10-2 and two team playing a, you know, 7-5 and five. Yeah, to me, that's, like, not, not, that's not good. Tends tends not to be good. It tends to be not a great game to watch. Yeah, so I, you know maybe something will change. I don't know. I'm not in charge. Uh, but if I was, well, that's what like you my, could get you know, with a playoff, though. I mean, it's very possible here soon you're going to have these seven and four teams playing an eleven and one team in the playoff. That's so true. If you, that's if you don't true. like that. Get ready because maybe. Coming. Maybe. I, I, I will I don't find know if... it very hard to believe that a four-loss team finds its way in, unless it's your your name <clears> is Alabama <throat> or a blue blood of college football. You're not going to get that benefit of the doubt and squeeze in. I don't think. I was just using it as an example. Yeah, like, you're right. Arizona, this year there would be what there would be like three-loss like teams, maybe three, two or three teams that have three losses that would find themselves in the top twelve. Potentially. No so I, next I year they're planning on it was going to be a six. Trying to think how it's worded a six and six and three or something like that format. Um, 
trying to remember exactly how it's worded. They were going to do the six power, like powers, like six auto bids, and then you know the rest are, um, you know, the six, at large. Then the six at large. So now, bids. so now it's going to be yeah. five, five at large or five uh, auto bids. The rest are at large. Okay. <clears throat> so it'll it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, obviously, the best group of five team will get one, and then after that, it's kind of the conference leftovers that maybe had tight games that lost, uh, or a team like Arizona this year. I don't think I'd want to play Arizona right now. I mean, I do. I think Michigan would beat them. Yeah, I do. But they look pretty damn good. I I don't know. Uh, so they could be a team that causes upsets, and I wouldn't mind that. I'm talking more like you know at the end of the season when you got you know like your your conference runner up, say Ohio State ends up playing, uh, you know some trash team from. From the ACC, I don't know. Yeah, I think one year, like USC played Iowa, and Iowa was like eight and four as yeah. the. I don't remember. I think Iowa ended up actually winning the game, but still. Yeah, and it, and it happens. It could, you know, but it's just I want to see some, you know, some different uh, styles of matchups. Yeah. Um, before we get into you know more of our playoff uh, conversation, we're going to go ahead and and talk about our. Um, you know, our pick them, our gridlocks, and, you know, all the stuff that we always do. I disagree. So, we can skip it. Oh, Trevor said. <laughs> Trevor, <laughs> Trevor's in pain. I lost my gridlock, and I lost my lead on Brendan, so I'm just like, <clears> well, whatever. I'm, I give up. Yeah, but no, so, hey, real quick question week. before we go into the picks. I want to ask you all a question since we're, you know, doing this live and we're just winging it. What do you all think about taking our pick all the way through the bowl season? Wow, you didn't hear what I said, so never mind. <laughs> no, I'm going to say I said that's a talk of a loser. But, um, no, I, I think we'll do a bull pick them. Uh, you know, obviously regular season and, you know, conference championship end it and then and then do a bull pick them. Okay. Guys- It'll be hard to do, like, weekly picks on bowls because of all the Monday, Tuesday, Thursday night games we'll be having. Yeah, we got to talk logistics on that one. Um, yeah. So let's finish it this. I mean, we're all within – two of each other. So yeah. uh, current standings, Blake is still in the lead, 81 and 46. Uh, I'm in second at 80 and 47 and Trevor's in third at 79 and 48. Um, gridlocks, Trevor and I are tied at five and eight and 13 points. And Blake is in the lead with six and seven, 22 points. He, he's got, you know, he's got that one on lock. He's, he's, he's going to be the gridlock champion. Oh yeah, he definitely, definitely this week he, uh, or this year he's got it. So good job, Blake! Round of applause, golf clap. We're walking, walking away with that one. But our listeners will be involved in the point process next year. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get all that hammered out, and you know we got a lot of stuff coming next year. Is is the intent? Okay, mm-hmm. uh, we got a lot of things going to happen. Um, Big things, huge. You wouldn't I'm believe an it. Ice machine huge. in this room here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm have I'm a snow a, machine installed. I'm getting a humidifier. I already, you know, I already um, found. I I sent I sent I sent the picture. I think to either to the group or whatever that I found a neon sign that was a Michigan neon sign. I'm I'm getting it. Wow, hell impressive. yeah, impressive. Yeah, I'm a big fan of neon. You know, I love my country. I, music. I haven't been, but I showed I showed my wife, and she's like, "You should get that." I was like, "I agree." <laughs> oh, hell yeah! Well, no, we're gonna so. 
we're talking about video. We're talking about, you know, some changes. And, you know, obviously you got to grow. You got to adapt. You got to change a little bit. Maybe not a lot, but, you know, we're, we're going to do some things and some stuff, some things and stuff. Uh, but either way, we're going to get into our kicking it up a notch. Blake, did you want to hit that? Sure. Let me pull it up here. I can do that. It was Ollie Gordon. Yes, sir. As usual, doing his thing. And uh, I was actually a little bit worried in the beginning of that game for Oklahoma State because they was having some trouble uh, getting it going a little bit there. And uh, but Ollie Gordon did pull through there at the end. I was actually kind of hoping that uh, – they would lose that game because I feel like Oklahoma has a better chance at beating Texas than Oklahoma State does just because Oklahoma State's strength is running the football and Texas is very good at stopping the run. And But, you know, that did not happen. And, you know, it is what it is. But anyways, aside from that, our team of the week, we went with Kentucky, the Kentucky Wildcats, after a rough season. The cats come in and take out the cards. They pounced on the bird and brought it to the front door. All I can say is my dark horse still's got a chance. <laughs> They're still in the chip. They're still Your in the dark horse. Broke its leg and it needs to be fucking shot and thrown in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Tell me how you really feel, man. That's Shaking how bait. I feel. That's how I feel. Your horse Shaking is dead. Bait. It's done. Brendan's oh, horse never made it out of birth. That thing <laughs> crashed and died in the stable. Hey, are I any picked of you dark State. horses? I picked NC it? State. I was talking about your Texas Tech to win the Big 12. <laughs> no, don't you dare bring them up. Don't you I dare screenshotted it. it. I screenshotted it. I screenshot something else for you. you know that. Um, <laughs> pervert. Hey, uh, hold on now. Hold on now. Uh, so let, you know what? You know, we're going to get out of there because I'm not going to get into an argument. I'm, we're not obviously doing this, uh, but we're going to talk about playoff predictions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, my voice is a little fried. Okay, so I've been drinking a little rum to make it feel better. So I'm feeling all right on the show, baby. You know, getting a little lively out here. Can, can we not do that? Can we not? No? Yeah, oh, you get weird. All right, let's, Lane, you get weird. <laughs> This is oh listen. I'm I'm just trying to. What you know, is happening? I'm trying to get this everybody what, happy, man. This is what Auburn fans go home to every night. <laughs> this is how they decide what they're having for dinner. Oh shit! You hey. be killing me. And then they punch oh. Linda after snorting coke. But um, <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Linda! Oh, I said preheat the oven. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, get, a, get a bold Susie right upside her head. You know, she started right. back talking again. Um, Y'all are having a lot of faith that I'm going to edit some of this, but I'm not. I'm just leaving oh, it all. Oh, I fully <laughs> anticipate this to be on air in the morning, as is. Um, because I do I sound like Alex Jones tonight. And, uh, you know, we're going to turn it into something I, I, I can't even believe what it is. Uh, let's go ahead. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about playoffs. I know we're rambling. I'm rambling. I'm trying to. Okay, listen. If you want the honest to God, please. If you want me to be honest, is that what we're doing here? Are, are we breaking it down? I feel like I have to, you know, overcompensate for something tonight. You know? And uh, it's my voice. You know, it's gone. 
<laughs> so um, I'm not even funny, but I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to force it. Um, okay. Playoff. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> God, this is All right. great. All right. All right. Playoff predictions. Florida State's national champions. Yes. All right. So let's, let's talk about what we said in the past, you know, uh, you know, past predictions. And, uh, and let's talk about the future. You know, you can't go forward without looking back or something like that. Uh, so Blake initially had Michigan at one, Washington at two, Clemson at three, Bama four, and Texas five. This could happen partially. Obviously, Clemson's gone, but, you know, the rest of it could. Bama could easily jump Texas. I don't think it should happen if Texas wins the Big 12, but, you know, we'll see. It's very possible. If Bama beats a number one team, there's obviously an argument for it. Uh I had Georgia, Michigan, Clemson, Ohio State, <clears throat> and Florida State. Clemson, again, out. We all expected them to be a little bit better. I thought Florida State would beat them in the regular season, and then Clemson would beat them in the ACC title game. Obviously not going to happen. Ohio State, they have a path to get in. It's very, very small. Okay? Uh, we're we're going to talk about these. I'm just going down you know, some you know, our paths real quick. Trevor... He had Michigan, Alabama at two, Clemson at three, USC at four, and Ohio State at five. Well, that, Obviously, didn't, pay out. that didn't pan out. <laughs> yeah, that, do better, suck less. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We we thought USC they had they had pieces. They had they had, the, they had the returning Heisman quarterback. I mean, I, I at least thought they'd be competitive, but they're not even that. No, they. It, it's a shame. <clears throat> it's a damn shame. What the world's gotten to? No, 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 Copyright infringement. Sue me. All right, Blake. Not if tell it's us your about own yours. <laughs> what are some What are some opinions of yours on the playoff storylines coming up? So sadly, I'm probably going to end up being right because I actually picked Michigan to be the national champions on our believe on our first episode as my guest. And I hope I'm wrong, but mainly because of Fink. But anyways, Washington, I picked them to win the uh, Pac-12. They could still reasonably do so. And I don't think Alabama would jump Texas now. I think Oregon would end up getting left out in the chaos scenario that Alabama beats Georgia Because resume-wise, Oregon has zero top 25. Well, they do now that they beat Oregon State. But their resume prior to Oregon State, you know, the only other ranked team they played all season, they lost. They'd be one and one against them, and that could hurt them. You know, it just depends on how the committee would value Bama's wins over LSU. They shouldn't be ranked, but Tennessee and – I don't know. It'd just be what the committee would say. And I don't see the committee leaving out a one-loss SEC team that beat Georgia over a Pac-12 team that is one-and-one against Washington. So that would be the chaos scenario, in my opinion. But it could also be a zero chaos. Washington could beat Oregon. Florida State could win out. Michigan beat Iowa. And Georgia beat Bama. And then that's that's it. That's that. Yep. If ever, if all the conference championships hold serve, which I think, pro- 
there's a there, with Georgia and Alabama, you just don't know, honestly. Like there, that's going to be such a that's going to be a intense game all the way through. I, <clears throat> I anticipate. Um, <clears throat> Michigan, Iowa. I'm really not concerned because Iowa has like no offense. So uh, I I I fully anticipate there'll be more turnovers in that game than the past three games that Michigan has played combined. So, um, but, and as far as Louisville goes, I think they're honestly, realistically, I think Louisville has the best shot to get an upset over Florida State. I really do. I said it last week that I think that Florida State is at the biggest risk for stumbling here at the end end of the season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, outside of that, like I feel like the chaos scenario definitely holds weight because I think it's possible. Anything's possible. Anything can happen. But I think what I just suggested is that <clears> I think Louisville may be the one to throw a monkey wrench into the the playoff scenario. And then yeah. it really comes down to now we're down to three no loss teams. Who's that one loss that you put in? And I think at the end of the day, um, it'll probably be Texas. If I was to guess, because that means that Washington would have beaten Oregon, so that would put them down to two losses that essentially puts them out of it. Yeah, if Washington beats Oregon and Florida State wins, then we've got – you're guaranteed you're going to see Washington. I I think Florida State's a lock if they beat Louisville. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then – yeah, your chaos games are going to be Alabama beats Georgia, and you know I don't, I don't think Texas at any risk of losing to Oklahoma State. I mean it's possible, but I mean I just don't see that one really taking shape there. I would be surprised. I would be very There's surprised. So many different ways you could mix these teams right now or these games with who wins what. I mean, what if Iowa beat Michigan? I mean, I very, very highly doubt that happens. But what if they did? What if they beat Michigan? What if Alabama beats Georgia, Oregon beats Washington, and Louisville beats yeah. Florida State? And, and then, then you, you have got, then you nine one the conversation. Teams. Well, we got a bunch of one-loss teams. Who gets over who and all that other stuff? Yeah, that would be an absolute shit show. But it would be awesome to watch. It would be fantastic. It would be fun to talk about too because there's a bunch <laughs> of hypotheticals. Who gets what and all this stuff. Yeah. You know, I really wish Jordan Travis hadn't gotten hurt because I had said all season on how I just wasn't so sure about how good Florida State truly was. And as of late, I was starting to kind of like them a little more because I had watched some of their games and seen how they played. Versus just seeing highlights. And then he goes down. And I was looking forward to kind of seeing how they would fare against like a Michigan or a Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, whatever. Mm. Because after watching like Jared Verse and that defensive line play, I know it was just Florida. But you can still tell like how a player plays like with their enthusiasm and poise in a game. And they just look locked in to me. Yeah, you know, yeah I was, they did. I was yeah. excited to see 100%. that. Hundred percent. Yep. Hundred percent. I would lo- I yeah. would I would be interested to see how well they match up against uh Michigan. I I really hope that they make it in there and they are the opponent to Michigan because if that happens, I will be a very happy man because I know Michigan will be in the play- in the national championship at that point in time. It'll be a fantastic <laughs> moment for me as a fan. 
yeah. that I know that Florida State is not good. <laughs> not good without Jordan Travis. And see, Jared would just hate you more and like me more because I would be cheering for Florida yep. State. And all I, all I would do is admit, you're a hater. And as of right now, <laughs> you are correct. I am hating. I am hating hating the shit out of Sem- the Seminole Nation right you now. You know, it's becoming but- <laughs> clear. I think Trevor just hates the Atlantic Coastal Conference. I really don't like anything to do with them, honestly. <laughs> Clemson was like the you know the bell cow, and then well, they in the face. They they club they club themselves in the face. Um, and yeah, after that, it's just like man, I don't like nobody up in there. They're- hey, in reality, Clemson is just like the other dimension of what could have happened to Washington. You yeah. know, they're 10 plays away from being undefeated. 100%. Just like Washington's 10 plays away from being five losses right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. So, I mean, and that, that, that literally shows. is the margin. That's yeah. the margin we're talking about when you're talking about a one loss, two loss, whatever. Like, a lot of these losses for a lot of the bigger programs, I mean, we are talking one, two play difference in one way yeah. or the other. And the, well, Duke boat completely Clemson. Different. Aside from Duke, all of Clemson's losses were like just literally one or two plays made all the difference in the game. Yep. Same for Washington. Washington can barely easily be seven and five right now. Yeah, and Duke was legit. What do you think, Brandon? We haven't really heard from you. What do you think in the final? The the final four is going to look like how it's going to shape up. Shoot, I was just letting you boys go. You, it was a good good conversation. Um, I I was also looking up a gentleman I follow. His name is Drew Hallett. Uh, pretty good follow on Twitter. Uh, a lot of you know stats and uh, you know some analytic stuff. But he shared a uh, projection. There's 32 possible <clears throat> scenarios next week for championship. Yeah. 32. <laughs> I bet that's true too. Uh, yeah, how many so, how many one loss teams are behind the top four right now? Is it seven? Is it seven? Yeah, yeah I was going to say six or seven. Six, I was like, that's insanity because, like, as soon as you take – even even if two of the teams lose, like if Alabama beats Georgia and, say, for example, uh, Washington loses to Oregon, like, <laughs> it's going to get insane really quick. And a lot, lot of crying, a lot of crying oh, yeah. from fan base. No matter how you shape it, there's going to be a team that – and I'm just going to say it now. There is an argument to be made for every single team ranked five through eight to be in the playoffs. You can make, yep. you can find an argument everywhere. There really is no wrong answer, but there's going to be a fan base that's let down yep. somewhere, yep. and it's unavoidable with a four team playoff. But this is how it is. I don't you know, think next committee... year when there's 12 teams, that 13th team is going to be crying a river. Yeah, there's no – you're never going to please everybody. Nah, no, You won't. No. You should bring back the uh, BCS. I'll say that this is the this is the best year right now for – we need a, an expanded playoff, in my opinion. Um, and even when we get into the 13th team, is going to be pit. Well, you should have lost two games. You know, like, sorry. You know, at whatever, that point, yeah. you know, cry more. Uh, here you have valid reasons for people to be upset. Um, I Remind me, guys, I'm going to share this, though, just because there's a lot of scenarios. I'm not going to read all 32. Um, but he broke it down, uh, you know, into different, not really the main contenders. So if UGA and Michigan, Washington, and Florida State win, in every scenario, they make it in. That, that, that's what he's, he's saying. If Michigan, uh, Georgia, Washington, Florida State win, they're in no matter what. Um, 
if UGA and Michigan lose, they're both still in in eight out of 16 scenarios. So, again, half the scenarios, if, if something happens, Michigan and UGA with a loss would still make it. If Washington loses, they're only in out of two out of the 16 scenarios. So, and that's one that I was going to mention earlier, that could Washington and Oregon both make it? Yes. It's, it would, but it would craziness. require chaos at the top. Yes, but it's possible. Um, mm-hmm. if, if Florida State loses, they're done. They, they have no chance. Yeah. No um, way. Oregon, Texas, and Alabama, they all must win, but they're still not in, in all of them if they just win. They have to have stuff happen, obviously. Ohio State, they are in two out of 32 scenarios. Uh, they have Obviously, they, they don't control their own destiny, mm-hmm. they, they, but they're sitting back there. They have to have mad craziness in front of them. They need Iowa to beat Michigan. That's what and, they need, absolutely. Yeah, Iowa they can't need a, score. Yeah, they need Iowa to win. They need um, Washington to beat they Oregon. They basically need all undefeated teams to lose to make it crazy. Yeah. They look like they had and a it, walking biscuit playing quarterback. What was that all about? Yeah, I, I don't know, but I'll say. <laughs> I'll, uh, <laughs> uh, for Iowa, yeah, that, that's a big old dude right there. Um, but it is possible. Washington and Oregon. If Washington loses to Oregon, they still have the best strength of schedule, you know, you could argue, in the country. They've already beat Oregon once. Should they be punished? How far would they drop? You know, that's a, that's what the talking point was earlier. How far would they drop? Would they be the best one-loss team? Yes. You know, could they stay in at number four? You know, even with, know, with, everything, with everything else chalk, I don't know. I don't know. I think I don't in think that so. scenario, they would. <clears throat> that's when you start dissecting your wins, and that's when things like squeaking out Arizona State, squeaking out Arizona, squeaking out Washington State, that's where those kind of games start to hurt you. Yeah. When you start looking at like Texas and which yeah. Alabama, we hadn't really had those wins like we had in years past, but we've still had, you know, the games we're supposed to win were more handily won than some of the ones Washington played. Right. But you know, that's that's what the committee will start looking at. And we know the committee they, they like to look at strength of record and strength of schedule. And head to head, they do factor in eye tests. They do factor in eye tests quite a oh, bit, they do. actually. That's Especially why in late, hung late part of the season. On... <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's there, but I don't think it's their biggest thing. When yeah, you, when you look at don't saying. matter as much to them as it did to the BCS computers. It's a helper, though. It's a yeah. it's a little bit it's like an extra when you're dominant. Yeah. When you're dominant, or you dominate certain aspects of the game against a top ten opponent. It's hard not to be like, well, that yeah. is impressive. Yeah. So I'm curious about really in the end of this, where is Ohio State ranked on Tuesday? Yeah. That that'll is be a huge... that'll be a very that'd be very telling on yes. where the college football playoff committee look how they look at Ohio State. It was a close loss on the road, <clears throat> as opposed to a loss at home like Alabama had. Texas, obviously, a, a bigger loss to Oklahoma. Um, Oregon, you know, they they lost 
Is oh, it on the road? So, mm-hmm. so quick I, I question. Don't know. Now, so because we're talking about Ohio State, real quick about the scenario: if everyone else loses, but Michigan wins, which would put them up at the probably, in my opinion, probably the number one team in the country. That would be a close loss to the number one team in the country. Now, would so, I, I could see Michigan and Ohio State being in the playoff in a scenario where only Michigan out of the undefeated teams wins. And I know they say that it doesn't matter, but with Florida State, I feel like they're judging the quarterback loss. Yeah. I know yes. they say it doesn't. But I, would, I would agree with that. To me, I, I wouldn't judge at all. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. But but they want the ratings of it. They don't want to blow out. Not say, Florida State's got good players everywhere else, but you're talking about a backup going up against – Top tier defenses. I don't know. I think it really depends on Tuesday. If Ohio State comes in at six or you know seven, watch out. They could slide in. But if they drop to eight or nine, I don't. I don't see how no, they could. I don't I think they could jump. I agree. jump that far. So even if Georgia beats Bama, or even if Bama beats Georgia, uh, I, I still think you. They were one of them would stay in. I don't know, would Georgia stay ahead of Bama in that? I don't know. I've talked about it before. I don't think they would. It depends on how close the loss is. My honest opinion, I don't think rank I think once championship week arrives, I don't think the number next to the name is gonna matter on the teams that are five through eight. Yeah. Because like if Bama does beat and this is all just hypothetical, of course. So Ohio State's losses to Michigan, who would be the number one team if Bama beat Georgia. But say Washington wins, say Florida State wins. Would you put Ohio State in over Bama, who is a one-loss SEC conference champion? No. Or even put them over a one-loss Texas, who is Big 12 conference champion? No. No. Alabama and Texas don't take precedence because they're the – they're their respective right. champions. Just depending then, on who wins yeah. what conference, I don't think Ohio State – I don't think we see two from any same conference this year. Even in the most wild chaos scenario, I don't think we see it. It's possible. But I think that's like back-end crazy chaos crap. That's some yeah. backroom dealings. That's some backroom dealings happen. to get their team in. Yeah. There's just too many um, – too many one-loss possibilities mm-hmm. to win a conference for me to see Ohio State winning or uh, not having a game and getting in with Washington, Oregon, Bama, Georgia, Florida State. There's just too much that has to happen that I don't think will happen. But who knows? Yeah. We'll see Saturday. Yeah, I, I still think – the again, where's Ohio State ranked? I don't think it matters too much. Like you're saying, conference championship, they they always honor that 13th data point that they yep. say. Um, the one that I'm really intrigued about though is the Washington Oregon. If everything else goes chalk, but Washington loses to Oregon, and they each own a head to head against each other, I, I'm really curious to see how that one plays out. Because obviously, like we said, Oregon doesn't have the schedule that Washington does, but they've blown everybody else out. I don't know. I, I've seen people talk about yeah. it in advance. So this is, this will end up Georgia. Georgia. Stay in. 
would watch this. Would be a, yeah. You're, you're saying like if Georgia wins, Michigan Georgia, wins. Michigan, and Florida State win. And then Oregon beats Washington. Yeah. I don't in. think they would put Oregon over a undefeated Florida State or a Big 12 champion. No, but Texas. they would put them in, though. They would swap out Washington for Oregon. Well, yes. What if, if, what if te- well, maybe yeah, if Texas right, loses? Right. If Texas loses, maybe yeah. you could see Washington stay at four. Yeah, if Texas loses, I don't think – if Florida State's undefeated, I think Florida State's in. Right. So I, I think it would end up being potentially – If Florida State jump, and Texas Oregon, lose, yeah. I could see them leaving Washington at four versus putting – uh, Ohio State in. Yeah. That would be the only scenario, but I really don't see Texas losing to Okie State. But it, I mean, who knows? I would be surprised, but you know, Okie State, they played, you know, I said the same thing when they were going up against Oklahoma. They had that so, stretch, you know, it's like, so, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We got a lot of scenarios that can happen I'll here, you, obviously. I, but I will say it's this, crazy. though. I think uh, when that CFP ranking comes out, this conversation becomes a whole lot more interesting, mainly because everything that we're talking about right now now becomes fruition. And then we talk about it. We're going to talk about it more than likely. We'll have the same conversation, but after the CFP rankings come out to see where everybody's at. And then we can really, really talk about the what ifs on, on where we think teams will fall. I really just don't, um, even after the rankings, I just don't. I don't think it matters. Like even if Ohio State falls back to eight, yeah, uh, you know, I, it won't They're matter out. anyways. <clears throat> but um, you know, even sure. I, what, what I'm saying is like if they were sixth versus if they were eight, if the scenario happens, it still happens regardless of where they're ranked. They would get in if if that chaos happened. So yeah, because all of these teams are going to play. Fair so, point. <clears throat> it it yeah. really doesn't matter what we see as far as the rankings go. It's, at this point, it's really just for glory and saying, oh, I'm ranked this. Because after yeah. the games, these teams are all going to play. And it's fun to talk about the hypotheticals and what could happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's why we do it. You know, it's there's always a that's lot of That's why we're ifs here, and, to give you all the what ifs mm. and the scenarios that could yeah. possibly happen. <laughs> well, guys – uh any final thoughts, you know, on this week, rivalry week? And, uh, you know, obviously it was a hell, of a, game, a hell of a week, a lot of great games. Um, I know we got a little silly on the show tonight. That's what we do, you know. It's, you know, livening it up, baby. You know, we're changing things around. But, um, no, I'm just, you know, carrying on because my voice is dying. <laughs> um, but, guys, again, we're going to, I think, you know, Bart, for, for me, I'm done. I, I got nothing else. Yeah, all I'm ready I for, I'm ready for championships. All, all I want to say real quick is thank you. To everyone that's participated this year, uh, it's going to be a great next year. I know we're not completely done with the year yet, but we're going into championship week. I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to everybody that listens and comments and everything like that. And it's been super fun to do this first year going. I'm looking forward to uh, year two whenever we get that going. Yep, I got Wait. I got nothing yeah. to add, but I do appreciate all the support we get. Yeah, I and, enjoy uh, the engagements on social media. Absolutely, Jerry, shout out. Jared's been the, he's been a real one, man. Since Barbara, since the get go, Barbara, Jared and Barbara, Jared and Barbara. Big now big we've time got contributors. Richard. We want to really uh, say thank you to y'all. 
Yeah, Richard's, you know, he's been commenting Jacob. a lot. Jake, yep. you Jake. Know. thanks for listening, Jake Rowe. Yeah, so we obviously, we appreciate everybody. Uh, you know, shout out to the haters and the losers. And uh, and obviously the, the people that love us too. So, you know, you got you to gotta take both. Uh, it's just how it is. Um, again, thank you guys for everything. We appreciate it. Uh, somebody else want to close out? I'm about to, I'm about to die here. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for having for listening to us, and we really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate y'all. Uh, have a great night. Bye.